good evening, friends, fans, and colleagues to Voices of the Sacred Feminine. And this is a special show tonight on Friday. Yes, I, now that I've moved and uh, I am up in our fortress of solitude in the mountains, you might have noticed uh, that uh, we've had several more shows. And we had one last Sunday, we had one Wednesday, and now we have another special edition tonight. And uh, tonight uh, the topic is uh, recognizing abuse. Do we normalize abuse or set healthy boundaries? And that's what I'd like to chat with you about because, you know, I've been thinking a lot about abuse. Of course, uh, I'm sure if you're a listener here, you might know about the domination, uh, the exploitation, and the need to control that's meted out by patriarchy. But I wonder, have we actually normalized many abuses, maybe abuse in the home, abuse in the workforce, and, you know, in our culture and churches? Perhaps we accepted it unconsciously because so many of us are conditioned by religions who tell us to um, tolerate suffering in silence or that sacrifice is noble. I mean, I'm a recovering Catholic, and uh, the image I grew up with uh, was, was a dying man on the cross. What sort of tone does that set? You know, I wonder if we're calling abuse out when we see it, or we're calling it out often and loudly, or if we've become conditioned to quietly accept the abuse with little pushback. Well, that's what I'm exploring a bit tonight. Um, so I hope you'll stay tuned in and also share the link to this show with friends. Um, and uh, what I'd also like to do um, before we get started here is uh, I have a few announcements. Uh, first of all, uh, Goddess Spirit Rising is uh, going to be in Simi Valley, California, September 12th through 15th of 2019. It's the International Goddess Conference uh, called Goddess Spirit Rising. And they um, are calling all goddess women. And, uh, and here's what they say about the upcoming conference. We wish to build a vibrant and healthy goddess community dedicated to making her more known and increasing her following. Those of us already in her fold know how desperately what she offers is needed at this time in history. We invite you to participate. Send us a proposal for a presentation to share with others who seek to know more about her. Go to GoddessSpiritRising.com to get a feel for our beautiful conference coming up this year and, uh, the pre and for presenter applications if you might like to present. So uh, I'm sure you get, can get more information there about the event. Um, the, the theme, I believe, is the primordial mother. She unsheaths her claws in ferocious protection. And I know a lot of the topics are going to be based around indigenous wisdom. So uh, if you're uh, in California or you're within driving distance or uh, flying distance, it's certainly going to be worth a trip. Uh, please uh, check out the details at goddessspiritrising.com. Uh, also, a shout out to Celia. She is uh, the artist whose music opened the show, and that single was called Meta Prayer, Meta Prayer by Celia. So if you're looking for more music, uh, please check out Celia and her work. She's got lots of good stuff. 
Um, also, too, um, I uh, want to make sure you know about the new anthology of mine coming out. Uh, it's called uh, Awakening the Feminine, Dismantling Domination to Restore Balance on Mother Earth. It's the third anthology of mine that I've curated. Uh, it's third in the Manifesting a New Normal trilogy series. And um, I'll read you just a little bit of what's on the back cover. The domination and exploitation of patriarchy and predator capitalism has permeated every aspect of society far too long. We all know we've had enough. We just aren't all sure of the path ahead, and role models are in short supply. Eradication of this oppression requires a rethinking of most things that have become normal to us, even if it's painful or uncomfortable. We are like the abused wife, continuing to return to the husband who she knows will always beat her because it's familiar abuse. We know we need an awakening of our spiritual courage, a leap of faith, so we might change course, but do we have a roadmap? Check out some paths forward put forth by our contributors. And I'll just name a few of the contributors. Uh, we've got um, Stacy Bourne, uh, the pastor from her church. We have David Chandler, who was on the radio show last Wednesday. Sam Daly-Harris, uh, Abendroth, Carolina Amore, Donna Hennis, Deanna Lamb, Lisa LaVar, Heather Mendel, Amalia Peck, uh, Oksana Pobrejana, Lauren Rain, uh, Marilyn Steele, uh, myself, Lauren Time, Vajrama, uh, Joanna Silverwich Medina, Libby Roderick, Kevin Walker, and a number of other great contributors with um, uh, their wisdom to share. You know, listeners, I think we are all like threads of a tapestry. We all have a little piece of the big picture. And when we start to weave our threads together, I think a clear picture or a clear path starts to become obvious. And uh, right now, um, there's a special price for Awaken the Feminine. Um, you can get a copy uh, from me if you're in the United States uh, for a special price of $15 through March 31st. Um, and uh, I will gladly sign it to you and mail it off. That does include shipping and handling. And if you want more information about that, contact me at KarenTate108 at Yahoo.com. I'll repeat that in case you didn't have a pen. Karen Tate 108 at yahoo.com. That's $15 through March 31st. Includes shipping and handling in the United States. And yes, Awaken the Feminine is the third in the Manifesting a New Normal trilogy series. The first book was Goddess 2.0, Advancing a New Path Forward. The second one was Voices of the Sacred Feminine, Conversations to Reshape Our World. And the third is Awaken the Feminine, Dismantling Domination to Restore Balance on Mother Earth. And there's lots of great early endorsements uh, inside the front cover by people like Christina uh, Biaggi, uh, Ann Baring, Angie Buchanan, Joan Marler. So, uh, you know, famous people in our community, leaders in our community uh, are saying good things about it. So um, I would invite you uh, to um, grab a um, cup of tea or a glass of wine and uh, maybe sit back uh, because uh, it's time to start um, my conversation with you about uh, recognizing abuse. Do we normalize abuse or set healthy boundaries? Now, this is published in my newsletter, uh, Dancing 
uh, Dancing on the Edges with Karen Tate and uh, Dancing at the Edges with Karen Tate. And if you'd like to get my monthly newsletter, uh, you can contact me. I'll be happy to put you on the list uh, so that you get one every four to six weeks when they come out. Now, uh, the other thing I want to say is uh, when I'm finished sharing my thoughts on this, um, I'm also going to um, offer an exercise at the end that you might use um, to maybe help you know if you are suffering abuse or if you're being bullied or if uh, maybe uh, you, you know there's some emotional distress. You know the intentional infliction of emotional distress might be happening uh, to you in your life, and maybe give you some techniques uh, to handle the anxiety that uh, can come up when we're dealing with that sort of thing. So please make yourself comfortable. Uh, this is food for thought, and. Um, I hope you hope you enjoy it. I hope it's useful. Um, I've had good feedback from people who have read it in the newsletter. So here goes. I've been thinking a lot about abuse. Of course, most of us know about the domination, exploitation, and need for control meted out by patriarchy, but I wonder if we have actually normalized many abuses, abuse in the home, in the workplace, in our culture, in our religions. Perhaps we accepted it unconsciously because so many of us are conditioned by religions who tell us to make noble sacrifices and tolerate suffering silently. I wonder if we're calling it out when we see it, if we even recognize it. Are we calling it out often and loudly when we do see it? Or if we've become conditioned to quietly accept the abuse with little pushback. My intent is not to offend anyone with this. I want to find common ground and defeat the polarization we find all around us these days. But one example of abuse is our president. I believe he's the poster child for abusive behavior. Do we recognize his lies and fear-mongering and so many of the ideas he gives credence and license to as abuse? Not only is he eroding our democratic institutions, but he poisons the political, social, and cultural arena with negativity, fear, and hate. Rather than uplifting us and encouraging us to evolve and be the best version of ourselves, I equate him to poison and a well from which we all must drink. Of course, corporations abuse society by their unfair advantage in the political arena. Like, for instance, corporations are people, they tell us. And the danger of Citizens United allowing unfettered money to drown the political process. So many don't pay taxes yet benefit from the societal infrastructure, enabling them to not just survive but thrive. Their money is corrupted officials who should be looking out for the planet and the public good rather than the benefit of corporations. Remember, the politicians were there to serve the people. This is a whole, this is a whole essay in itself about corporate, corporate abuse. Um, and I'll refrain from going on about abuse of corporations um, right now. You know, whether we're talking about greedy landlords who create distressed rental markets or the oil and gas industry or big pharma or the military industrial complex. Suffice it to say, it would not surprise me to learn that there are cures for diseases that which are being buried because managing the disease makes 
the uh, businesses and the medical industry more money. There's so much more money in waging war than peace. We might learn even that uh, there are new sources of energy out there that we purposefully aren't tapping into. I think you get the gist. I believe greed is also abuse. But getting back to real people, what about toxic and abusive women and men in our world, in our families, in the workplace, in our groups? I'm thinking of the passive-aggressive coward who manipulates or the sociopath or the narcissist who have us walking on eggshells, breaking us down little by little every day. Sometimes the abuse is so subtle we don't even recognize it. We simply lose our self-confidence or wonder why we're always anxious or feel sick around certain people. I've likened it to death by a thousand cuts. This is all abuse, and I ask, why, why do we put up with it? In my deeper exploration of abuse and the infliction of emotional distress, I started understanding domestic violence in a very visceral way. Sometimes you're in a relationship with a person, maybe it's a boss, a coworker, or a family member, and there's this roller coaster ride that goes on maybe for years. It seems fine for a time, and you think you can manage the abuse and the daily chipping away at your soul and personal self-worth. Then you feel the next blow, and you think to yourself, you know, you just can't do this anymore. But what happens? Apologies are made. You know, this is a classic abuse pattern. Think of the alcoholic or the drug dealer or the, or the drug user who does the same thing. There, the problem is a bit easier to see. The pattern's easier to see. It's harder when you're the target and not the observer. There's an attempt, you know, to have a reset, and things are okay for a few days, weeks, maybe even months, when you breathe a little easier until the next blow, literal or not, on your body or your psyche. And leaving is complicated and more fear-inducing than the abuse you might have come to be able to tolerate or manage. Maybe it's too embarrassing to admit to others or yourself what's been going on. Maybe you don't leave because you fear for your life. Maybe you don't leave because it's economic. Maybe it's because you have other people who depend on you and what you provide them. Maybe you've invested so much time in this relationship or this job, you argue with yourself about the pros and cons of staying or leaving. Should I go? Should I stay? Starting over feels daunting, or finding something comparable monetarily might seem doubtful. So you suck it up and suck it up and suck it up, day in and day out, year after year, until it's making you physically sick or emotionally sick until your self-worth is eroded, until you wonder if you have enough strength to put one foot in front of the other. Maybe you can't even get up out of bed some days. Well, fortunately, I've been married to a wonderful fellow for more than 35 years, so I'm not speaking about domestic violence firsthand. But I'd imagine when we're in a marriage of domestic violence, it's probably more clear there is abuse happening between spouses, especially if they're bruises. I think we might not always recognize actions as abuse or bullying when it's happening within the immediate or extended family and a social or religious group or even in the workplace. We ignore those lines that are being crossed and we make excuses for the actions of others what might actually be intentional infliction of emotional distress or physical abuse of ourselves or others. 
you know, we say things to ourselves. You know, how many times have you done it, made excuses for people um, in your life? We say, oh, she's just a spoiled brat or a bitch. Um, Oh, he's just a bad boss. Um, Well, so-and-so had a difficult childhood, and that's the reason he does those things. Or maybe it's um, she has a domineering mother, and if she wants her inheritance, she'll toe the line. That's why she's so unhappy all the time and spreads around the misery. You know, maybe it's an employer who exploits the uneducated or marginalized or good-natured employee. There are a million reasons we tolerate the bad behavior toward us, and there are a million different examples of abuse. But why do we tolerate this behavior? Why aren't we schooled in setting healthier boundaries? Why aren't we asking about our quality of life? Why aren't we doing periodic check-ins about our relationships? You know, someone said to me, well, you know, Uh, maybe we aren't always sure what constitutes crossing a line. Well, now that's a big subject. Uh, Describing what crossing a line looks like could turn into a book. But surely, if someone is trying to force you into doing something you don't want to do, or they're asking you to break the law, or they're taking advantage of you, those are examples of crossing a line. If someone is hurting you physically or emotionally or putting you in unsafe environments, that's crossing a line. If someone is telling lies about you, maybe they keep borrowing money and never pay you back. Well, that's crossing a line. You know, if you're not sure, you're always welcome to get in touch with me. I always have an ear for listeners. But you might also think about asking a trusted friend whose boundaries you trust if a scenario you find yourself in might be one where you're being abused or bullied. I guess we each have to be honest with ourselves and find the reason we tolerate the abuse, but we must come to understand what is being meted out toward us might actually be abuse and the intentional or uh, unintentional infliction of emotional distress. No family member or friend, no boss, coworker, or religious leader has the right to abuse or inflict emotional distress upon us. There comes a time when we must say enough is enough. Maybe it's because they've broken us and we've cracked, we've hit rock bottom and there's only up and out. Maybe the universe takes the wheel and drives circumstances so that you no longer have a choice but to get the hell out of Dodge. Maybe something triggers a clearer vision for you and you find an escape hatch. Maybe a friend helps through the steps necessary to maneuver an exit or sever ties with the abuser. Again, there are as many different scenarios as there are people and circumstances. The point is we have to begin to consciously recognize this treatment as physical, financial, financial or emotional abuse and call it out and not tolerate it anymore. We have to throw off any conditioning that has kept us tethered to this abusive relationship. We must set healthy boundaries. We must realize that abuse isn't always sexual, and non-sexual abuse is just as valid and damaging. And we must sometimes reach out to others for help. This may not be something you can do alone, but, you know, it is something you can do with the help if necessary, with goddesses' help, certainly. 
you know, I'm not trying to make light of this or say it's easy. Escaping these patterns are, are not easy. It can be downright frightening, but we're talking about the quality of the rest of your life. Then once when we get away in time, we might find this monster who inflicted so much distress in our life was really powerless without our active participation in that dance we were both doing together. We might come to understand ourselves better as we process why we stuck around. And maybe next time we won't when we see the warning signs. We might find that light at the end of the tunnel was shining the way toward a healthy new beginning. And that light wasn't the train coming at us, making us afraid, but the train that was actually going to take us out of our dark tunnel. But, you know, I don't believe we'll find peace until we're out from under that monster. Trust me, I know. And in hindsight, the challenging circumstances I faced were the first steps on a road toward a true gift of a happy life for, my, for myself and my beloved husband, Roy. So, uh, yes, um, I want to share with you um, some exercises that I myself use to help uh, deal with anxiety that was related to bullying abuse. And I also want to suggest that you do a little exercise. Um, you know, this might sound simplistic, but, you know, sometimes when we're overwhelmed emotionally, um, sometimes simple is best. And when we're overwhelmed emotionally, sometimes our brain is foggy and we can't see logical um, logical things in front of us, you know. Um, I, it, you know, we, we just can't think clearly. So if you have a situation that you think uh, might be one where you're being bullied or abused or someone is um, inflicting emotional abuse upon you, I would invite you to write down uh, what's going on and look at it and put it away and then in a few days look at it again with another set of eyes. You know, write down what's happened. You know, write down um, the pros and cons of staying in this relationship versus leaving this relationship. Write down what you're afraid of. Write down some of your options. I don't know if you're a visual person like me, but sometimes if we just organize our thoughts, it helps a little bit. You know, it helps us begin to see more clearly. And I would also say one thing that really helped me, um, you know, when I found myself just um, at the end of my rope, um, frazzled, anxious, um, exhausted, I actually started uh, breathing techniques. And, you know, I will be uh, willing to honestly say that I had my doubts about if breathing could make that much difference. I, I kind of felt so exhausted. It was like, it, it felt like, oh, well, that would just be one more chore I had to do. But, you know, when I actually started doing these breathing techniques, it made all the difference in the world. Not only did I relax and did I have more energy, but I slept better. And it's really, really simple. It's really, really simple. This is a technique I learned in class. It's called the 3-2-3 breath. You breathe in for three seconds, you hold for two seconds, and then you breathe out for three seconds, the 3-2-3. Three, three. So you go, you know, 
Um, breathe in, one, two, three. Hold for two seconds and breathe out, one, two, three. And you do that at least five times, better maybe nine or ten times. And trust me, you will feel better. Now, another thing you can do, another layer you can add to this, which I did, was on the three breaths in, I said, I am calm. Breathe in three, you know, uh, for three seconds, I am calm. Hold for two seconds. Then on the three uh, counts of the, out, of the exhale, you say, I am healed. I am healed. And this actually triggers your immune system to kick in and uh, helps make you um, healthier. Um, I'm also told that um, if you can smile while you're doing this, that also triggers healing in your immune system. So it's I am calm, hold two seconds, I am healed. So that's inhale for three beats, hold for two seconds, exhale for three beats. I am calm, hold. I am healed. And I have to tell you, sometimes I would wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and my brain would just be going round and round and round and I would just be thinking about things and not be able to relax and not be able to sleep. And I would start this breathing technique because that's what my teacher told me to do. And honestly, I did it out of desperation because I didn't believe it would make a difference. And I think before I had done it maybe three, four, five times, I was back asleep. And that did not happen just once. It happened three, four, five times. And it made such a difference, such a difference when I woke up in the morning. So um, I hope these ideas um, about, um, you know, writing down, you know, the pros and cons of staying or leaving, um, you know, writing down what's happening, uh, getting other people's opinions about circumstances, um, these, you know, uh, trying to alleviate anxiety using the breath. Uh, exercise and walking meditations are also really good. I started Tai Chi. Um, you know, and, and I also tried very hard to make time for myself. I started reading for pleasure. And I, I just have to tell you, it, it made all the difference in the world. And I also had really good friends that helped me. And I hope I'm helping you too. That's, where, that's why I'm sharing this. That's why I wrote this piece uh, in my newsletter, Dancing at the Edges with Karen Tate. Um, that's why I wrote this piece, and that's why I'm sharing with you here um, you know, on the radio. I hope it will do you some good. And I am, I am happy to hear from you as well. Uh, please do write me. And I think the final thing I want to say on a totally different subject uh, was a, a little piece that was, uh, you know, in my newsletter. Um, I wanted to let everyone know that I moved, that um, after living 30 years at the beach, Roy and I are now happily living in the forest high atop a mountain, uh, which is fast becoming our sanctuary and fortress of solitude. And uh, I have a new website, uh, KarenTate.net. Uh, it used to be KarenTate.com, but that 
uh, sight was lost, unfortunately. So it feels like the universe is telling me uh, to rediscover my new calling and reinvent my future journey. And I've started out with that uh, new website, KarenTate.net. I hope you'll go there and check it out. Um, I still have my two-for-one sale going on. You can get your own signed copies of Sacred Places of Goddess, 108 Destinations, and the award-winning Walking in Ancient Path, Rebirthing Goddess on Planet Earth, both personalized for you, for only $22, which includes shipping and handling if you're in the United States. And did you know with Sacred Places of Goddess, you can actually drive your own West Coast pilgrimage? Yes, indeed, you can. Um, so let me know uh, what, uh, what I can do for you. Let me know uh, if you have any uh, show ideas or guest ideas, if you'd like uh, the new anthology, Awaken the Feminine, or if you'd like to take advantage of this um, uh, offer that I have going on. I would also invite you to check out the archives here at Voices of the Sacred Feminine. We just had a great show um, about animal communication on Sunday and the previous Wednesday, as well as uh, last Wednesday night, I spoke to David Chandler, one of the contributors to Awaken the Feminine. We talked about how 9-11 is a reflection of um, domination and exploitation, and I would invite you to please, um, to please look at that. And don't forget the Goddess Spirit Rising Conference uh, coming in September in Simi Valley, and you can find out uh, more about that at um, uh, their website, goddessspiritrising.com. So before I go, um, one more thing. Uh, There's a word here from Joe Carson. So please, uh, please stay tuned. The psychic state is the collective unconscious, which is that consciousness of the planet. It's called the chthonic mind, the mind of the earth. Our ancestors understood that the animal and divine were all connected, they were together, that there wasn't a separation. That's what we are trying to return to, is that sense that our animal nature is divine. It doesn't get in the way of the divine. It gets us closer to it. What's your idea of being fully alive as a human being? Because that's what's really spiritual. Write it down. Start writing your own Bible if you want. And by that, I just mean sweaty, fun, happy sex. Well, uh, you've been listening to... um the trailer for Dancing with Gaia, Joe Carson's feature-length documentary film. In it, she interviews 15 visionaries and teachers about earth energy, sacred sexuality, and the return of goddesses Gaia. Joe traveled to ancient sacred sites all over Europe and the Mediterranean to shoot this film. These spiritual sites from northern Scotland to central Turkey profoundly affected the origins of Western culture. If you've always wanted to see these sites yourself but haven't, this is an opportunity to experience some of the best ones right from your armchair, and you can get their story. The DVD comes packaged with a 45-page color mini-book, which goes even deeper into the material in the film. You can buy the DVD and booklet for only $20 at dancingwithgaia.com. And I'd also like to share one of... uh, 
uh, Joe Carson's other projects by reading uh, a review about Joe Carson's new book, Celebrate Wildness, by Dana Corby. Uh, she, Dana Corby wrote this review in her blog called The Rant and Raven. And she said this about Celebrate Wildness. When people wonder aloud how the Wicca of Southern California became so much more nature-oriented and wild than the British traditions from which it arose, the one factor they don't take into account but should is feriferia. Feriferia, a word Fred Adams coined from Greek groups meaning wilderness festival, is a pagan tradition unlike any other. Based on Fred's visions of the divine feminine, the sacredness of Eros, and the potential for intentional communities that truly do no harm to anything, it also draws upon themes familiar to Wiccans such as sacred landscapes, prehistoric beliefs, and the fairy faith. That's right, the fairy faith. Fred intended that Feriferia should lead the world into a paradisal future in which freedom, Eros and play, or the core values, where that built by human hands merges seamlessly into the wild and the fey romp among us. Celebrate Wildness is a unique, exquisite, and profound book. It created in me a sort of homesickness, a wistfulness for the idealist I was. We all were, back when we and the world and the magic were all young and fresh. Though it's a short book at only 115 art-laden pages, don't expect to read it quickly. Take your time and let it sink into your subconscious, and what bobs to the surface will be wondrous. Celebrate Wildness is an oversized, hardbound book on heavy paper, and it's available for $45 from farahferia.org. And that's spelled F-E-R-A-F-E-R-I-A.org. Okay, uh, well, I just want to let you know that I will be back with you on Wednesday, in, in which case uh, uh, Isadora Forrest will be uh, my guest. Uh, she was also one of the contributors to um, Awaken the Feminine Anthology that uh, I mentioned um, at, the top of the, at the top of the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, the rising of Hecate, and um, some other topics uh, that I'm sure uh, will be of interest to you. So please uh, do tune in. And um, just a reminder, please click the follow button on uh, the Voices of the Sacred Feminine show page here so you don't miss out on uh, any of the great shows that uh, are here at least weekly and now even more often. Uh, you can listen to them uh, either live um, or uh, you can catch them at your convenience uh, from the archives. All right. Well, uh, that about does it uh, for me uh, tonight, uh, dear listeners. And I just thought I would like to uh, end this on a, um, uh, you know, kind of on a funny note. And uh, I had not played for a while um, some of the uh, music that Celia, the artist Celia, uh, had in her Naughty in Pink album. Um, so I think I will, uh, just for the heck of it, for, a, you know, for laughs and giggles. Uh, so this is called Tickle Break from Celia in her Naughty in Pink album. Enjoy. Have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in, guys and gals. Your gas in my tank.
Oh, 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 when your day is poofy and everything goes wrong, it's time to take a tickle break and sing the tickle song. I'll tickle, 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 You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.